0: Welcome to the Ditching Perfection podcast, a podcast that will help you pursue wholeness in Jesus rather than trying to have it all together. I'm your host, Carly Bartlett, and along the way, we're going to have some rock conversations and share some practical tips that will remind you to throw some confetti and celebrate yourself. Your inner critic does not have to be the dominant voice in your life anymore. Today's conversation is one that I have been anticipating for a long time, and I'm pretty sure that you're going to be smiling from ear to ear during the entire conversation, but also you are going to hear some wonderful wisdom and words of encouragement. So today, if you have ever felt the pressure to meet everybody's expectations, the podcast is for you. If you've ever prayed for God to like take away your weakness, but it hasn't happened, today's podcast is for you. And if you feel like your things in your life are just a little bit chaotic, once again, the podcast is for you. Today, my friends, I'm so excited to introduce to you one of my best friends of my life. Her name is Sister Maria Juan, and she is a Catholic nun. She, Her name previous to this was Amanda Anderson, and she is one of my best, best, besties. We became friends in seventh grade. And grew up together. She was one of the maids of honor in my wedding and truly is one of the dearest people to me. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago and we could have just chatted you guys for hours over our silly reminiscing. We share one of the most embarrassing moments of our life in this podcast. So you'll hear that facepalm moment, but we also just had an absolute ball together as us two girls were trying to love and pursue Jesus in And, you know, the awkward junior high and high school years and God just gifted us with each other. I'm so thankful that I got to grow up with Amanda as my best friend because she was such a supporter and encourager and a reminder for me to just keep seeking Jesus. And I'm so thankful. But we also had our fair share of ridiculous, goofy times too. Oh my word. We, so our birthdays are two days apart and actually our birthdays are this week. Amanda's birthday is on the 5th. And mine is on the 7th. So it's a perfect week for us to dive into this conversation. Uh, But we would celebrate our birthdays together sometimes. And for our sweet 16, we had a birthday party together, invited all of our friends. And we had like a karaoke and all the things. But I will never forget, we got the same presents. Like everybody that came got us the same presents. I got the pink version of of nail polish, and lip smackers. Do you guys remember lip smackers? And uh, perfume, I had a cotton candy scented perfume. Did any of you have that? Oh my word, so too much. But that was what I was all about in junior high, high school. And then, yeah, Amanda would get all the purple things, the purple lip smackers, the purple nail polish. It was so much fun. I will never forget it. And we both had little fuzzy, you can kind of picture it, fuzzy little crowns that we wore pink and purple, but we have so many fun, amazing stories. This girl is a gift in my life. And you guys, I just have to tell you, we're really fortunate because Sister Maria Juan is not only here this week. We had such a long conversation and a great conversation that this is going to be a two part episode. So this week and next week, we get to hear from Sister Maria Juan. But before we dive in, I just wanted to also mention that there is, I know, a lot of really hard things going on in the world. And we have just recently been hearing news out of Ukraine and the devastation that's happening there. And so I just wanted to pause and and just talk about that for a minute and acknowledge that it's really difficult and really, really hard. And sometimes it's hard to know what to do. But the other day I was actually reading through the Psalms and I am going to flip there right now, but I just find that the Psalms oftentimes are not only for us to pray like in the first person, but oftentimes the Psalms are a gift for us to be able to pray then on behalf of others in the world that may be struggling. And so the other day I opened up to Psalm 28 And I just felt like as I was praying it, I was praying it on behalf of those that are suffering, those that are scared, those are um, in war-torn countries, those that are refugees. And so it says this, Psalm 28, to you I call, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I cry to you for help. As I lift my hands toward your most heavenly, holy place. And that's just verses one and two. But the whole book of Psalms is just full of raw, emotional, difficult sometimes words. But I love that we see that God is there and invites us to pray and share how we're feeling even in the depths. And sometimes for us, we may read those things in our devotions or you know, come across a Psalm and go, that doesn't really fit for me today. I, you know, I'm doing pretty well or I feel safe. But the Psalms are an invitation for us to realize that there are people in the world whose hearts are crying out those words right now. And so if we don't know what to do right now, we can pray. We can pray and open up the book of Psalms and pray those words on behalf of those who are suffering.
1: Well, with all that said, I am so
0: thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that we can laugh together. I'm thankful that we can mourn together. I'm thankful that we can pray together. And today I am thankful that we get to learn from Sister Maria Juan. And I feel like she will bring a much needed smile to our faces. And she's going to remind us that we are beloved children of God. Well, welcome to the Teaching Perfection podcast, Sister Maria Juan. I'm so glad that you're here.
2: It is a gift to be here. And yeah, it's a joy to be a part of this beautiful project. So. Well, thank you. I'm so
0: excited you're here. For everyone listening, Sister Maria Juan has been my dear, dear friend since seventh grade. And oh my, we have some stories to share, which we may (laughs) share some of those today. Um, But such a dear friend was one of the maids of honor in my wedding, just one of my closest, dearest, most special people in my life. And so, so thankful you're here. And kind of a little interesting tidbit. So our second daughter, Mike and my second daughter, for everyone listening, uh, we call her Junebug on here um she was a, going to be a scheduled c-section baby so we got to choose her birthday so i mean it was right around sister's <laughs> birthday so we chose march 5th for why wouldn't birthday. you hello yeah i know it's a national <laughs> holiday hello <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow that just shows how special you are to me and i'm yeah, so no thankful kidding. that you're here but for everyone listening tell them who you are what is going on in your world and then we'll dive more into your story
2: i'm sure as we progress awesome so uh as carly said i'm sister maria juan formerly known as (laughs) amanda anderson i mean that's still my legal name and if you're not seeing this and just listening i'm a catholic sister a catholic nun um obviously i wasn't always a catholic nun um and i think in today's culture and society I mean, it happens every time I go to the grocery store, people are like, are you really a nun? Um, Because it's kind of a a hidden life, but also one that we don't see in the world, especially I would say in the Northwest where we grew up Mm -hmm. Um, and where I'm living now in the South, for sure. We're kind of an alien. But um, so I am a Catholic sister. My particular community is called the Religious Sisters of Mercy of Alma, Michigan. Um, and so when you enter the convent, you start in one place. And for us, that's Michigan. And you generally spend your first two years there at the mother house, we call it, and have really a, an integration into this life of deeper prayer and deeper service and learning what, what this life is like. And then we have houses all over the United States and a few internationally. So then we're sent out after that first two years on missions, we call it. Mm-hmm. So I've lived really all over the world in the past 10 years, England, Germany, um, St. Louis, Washington, D.C., and now I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, currently serving here. Um, So yeah, it's a life of deep prayer and service and really just being a witness of our Lord in the world Mm -hmm. um, and wherever we're asked to be of service. So that's where I'm coming to you from today, Um, and it's just really fun to be connected connected with you today, Carly, and, and to share Really, what the Lord has done in my own life, um, in general, but also in regards Mm -hmm. to perfection and just in life, Mm -hmm. you know, and our calling. So
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been such a joy for me to see your journey unfold. And like I said, we were friends all throughout junior high and high school, college, and beyond, and and to see how God had his fingerprints all over your life and was shaping your heart for ministry even in when we were growing up and then how God has continued to write the story it's been so wonderful to be able to watch the story unfold and then learn from you as you have have taken these steps to say yes to God in ways that are really beautiful and unique but also like you were saying not always like something that we're all very familiar with and so Um, it's just been amazing to see your yes. And your obedience to Jesus and your joyful obedience. Like you've been joyful. And that's like one of the main things I think about with you is like, you are full of joy. (laughs) You are. And so I'm sure, and I know like you've walked through hard seasons and, and sometimes a yes to God is amazing and wonderful and mountaintop experience. And sometimes it's hard. And yet your, your yes has always been so joyful. So I just want to affirm that in you, that it's just been amazing to see your story unfold, but for everyone listening, uh, I would love for you just to share your journey. Like, how did you end up deciding and, and what were the promptings that you were feeling from God in your life to,
2: to enter into the convent? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And it's always, I always love to share that because I think, um, we talk a lot in our life as religious women. But I think it's also important for people in marriage or just anyone to, we say, remember your first love, you know, to remember those first moments when the Lord awakened in your heart, whatever calling you have. In the Catholic Church, we receive what's called the Sacrament of Confirmation, usually around high school. And for us, that's like, so baptism is obviously important, right? Where we see we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our soul, we become the child of God. And then in the Catholic Church, we have like a, almost... Not a second baptism, but like a sealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. For us in Idaho, where we were in high school, I was um, about fifteen years old when that happened. and so leading up to that, we do a lot of study at church and have different classes, and um, I was reading about the lives of people in the early church, mm-hmm. um, some of the saints in the early church, and it was the first time I read about people who loved God so much that they gave everything for him Mm. in a different way than we read about in the scriptures, right? We see like Andrew and Peter and the early apostles, like leaving everything behind to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was reading about like young girls or young people who loved God so much, they gave their very lives for him, Mm -hmm. were martyred for the faith. Um, And even up to that, I remember being really profoundly impacted by a couple of young girls who were pursued in marriage by like princes of the pagan, you know, the Roman times,
1: mm. but
2: they said, no, I love Jesus more than anything. And I have given my whole self to him. Mm-hmm. And they would use language like as his bride, you know, and they were these like young girls who then were offered kingdoms, but said, no, I'd rather love God than give up my love for God and be married to this pagan king.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so as a young 15-year-old girl hearing that story, there was something attractive about that. Like, whoa, that's amazing. You know, Mm. I want to love God that much. Um, Now, I wouldn't have said I want to go be a nun at that point in my life. And part of the reason, I think, is because I didn't have religious sisters around as a living example in my day-to-day life. Right. Um, I had strong Christian friends like you, and I had people in my church that were good examples to me of what being a strong Christian looked like in the world. Um, But a sister or a nun wasn't like in front of my face every day.
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: really, I think at the age 15 and then receiving the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way, um, God really lit like a fire in my soul at that point. Mm -hmm. And, and I was so grateful and I am so grateful and will forever be grateful for your friendship because I think we both, I think the Lord really lit a fire in both of us. Mm -hmm. And we were able to support each other in that and to be witnesses for each other and to be strong in our convictions in a time in high school where um, there's a lot of pressure to live in another way. Mm -hmm. But I think we did that with great joy and silliness and had such a fun time (laughs) that we didn't miss Out on anything by not participating in the ways of the world, right? But so I would say that's when the Lord first captured my heart in a way that I knew I wanted to live differently than the world was inviting me to live. Um, And then when I went to college, I went to college, um, Benedictine College near Kansas City, and for me that was the first time I was around a larger community of Catholic young people, Mm -hmm. Um, and other young people, 18 to 22 years old, who were open to God doing anything in their life and young men who were open to being Catholic priests Mm -hmm. and young women who were open to being Catholic nuns. And for me, it was so foreign because that's not something I had grown up around in high school. Um, And Catholic sisters and Catholic nuns would start visiting our campus or maybe they studied there. Some of the sisters were studying and I saw for the first time in my life a Catholic sister.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, I had seen him on sister act and the sound of music, right. <laughs> but never really in real life, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, Whoopi Goldberg is probably not like the best example <laughs> of Catholic <laughs> sisterhood in the, mm-hmm. in sister act and the sound of music. She doesn't end up staying anyway, you know, so they were examples that I knew were something, but it was like being an astronaut, you know, it's right. not like something I thought I could do. And so for the first time I saw a real life sister and I remember being so captivated by their joy Mm -hmm. and by the fact that they had nothing that the world says we need, quote unquote, to be happy. Mm -hmm. So they didn't wear makeup. They didn't drive cool cars. They didn't have like successful careers. They weren't wearing any clothes from Target, which was an essential element of my happiness at that point in life. You know, they were wearing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I get it. I get wearing it. Like, Me too. Yeah. Polyester, like dresses, shapeless with like ugly shoes and pantyhose, but they were so happy. And I was mm. like, how in the world can you be so happy? And the secret to their peace and their joy and their happiness was a deep freedom love rooted in Jesus Christ. Yeah, And I think for the first time, that same kind of fire in my heart that I had experienced when I read the stories of these early saints, it came again at that point when I saw these women living in a radical way for the church and for Christ. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my prayer, that question of like, can you give me everything started to open up in my heart. And it scared me at first because I knew it would demand letting go of what I thought life might look like, you know, that would be marriage and a family and children and, you know, all these kind of beautiful and good things in the world. Mm -hmm, But the Lord was asking me, can you, can you forsake? something good for something even better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I had to kind of face that question in my prayers and I had good people in my life to talk to you about that. But again, it was scary because it was so different.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and then after college, I became a missionary on college campuses mm-hmm. for three years, which for me was a greater formation in the Christian life and a greater way of living radically dependent on the Lord um and a deepening of my prayer life as a missionary we had like an hour of prayer every morning and just different kind of requirements for our day that really grounded me in a routine of prayer that I didn't quite have before that Mm -hmm. and um a greater understanding of the scriptures and I started to read the gospels and they would come alive in a new way so for example you know in where our lord says in the gospels like he who leaves father mother sister brother Children, homeland for me will receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. Now, we all read that in the gospel and it means something for all of us, right? We're all called to be detached from those things. But when I started to read that at a certain point in my life, it became pretty literal Hmm. where the Lord was like, okay, can you really give up homeland? Can you like leave where you grew up and give up the idea of, you know, husband, children? Mm -hmm. you know, father, mother for me and receive a hundredfold. And when that becomes a literal question from Jesus in your heart, you're like, I think you have the wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then when we really entrust the Lord with everything and there's peace, I think we both know that feeling of Mm -hmm. both being afraid and at peace at the same time. It's not a, a negative fear of the world, but a, a fear of what's holy mm. and awe in the power of God. Yeah. And then entrusting trusting that to him, I finally started to really listen to that question of, yeah. can you give me everything? And to say, okay, if you're the Lord that you say you are, and I profess you to be, you will mm. fulfill every desire of my heart Yeah. and you will not take me anywhere where I will not be happy. Mm. Um. As you said, kind of earlier in our conversation, like, yeah, there's ups and downs in the Mm -hmm. Christian life. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself daily, pick up your cross and follow me. So the cross Mm -hmm. is always part of the Christian life, um, but a piece, And we know we're following someone else. And so at that point, I started to visit different convents and get to know different communities and finally, I met the sisters of mercy in Michigan Mm -hmm. through a priest that I knew and trusted. And he knew the sisters and said, I really think knowing who you are and who they are, there might be a match here. So I went and visited the convent. It would have been 10 years ago this month, actually. Wow. Yeah, I know. And it was amazing. So I went and visited and he was right. You know, Mm -hmm. they, um, they're beautiful women. They're strong women. They're Com- committed to the lord to a life of prayer and a life of service and i knew within that weekend that that was where the lord had created me to spend my life and
1: yeah.
2: 10 years ago was here we are now and as you know and mike know um i just made my final vows yeah so the formation process is about 9 years of you know d- continued discernment mm-hmm. and verification of the call both on the side of the woman and the community Mm -hmm. Um, But then after that, you can ask to make final vows. So basically a wedding and uh, receive a ring, which is those who are watching Um, and (laughs) really a marriage, you know, to Jesus and to belong totally to him as his spouse and um, be his witness in the world. So that's Mm -hmm. the long, short version of the history of my vocation.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love it. Yes. And we, Mike and I got to be there this summer and celebrate with you at that final vow ceremony and it was just wonderful and so beautiful to see you and the other sisters saying yes to the Lord in that way and I will never forget when you were laying on the floor just oh, yeah. totally yeah. surrendered yeah I mean it was one of the coolest I'm cool maybe that's not the right word in this it's like holy secret <laughs> moment but, but it was you know one cool. of the most cool like but oh man so memorable and like what a picture of surrender and the yeah. posturing of of our bodies that reflects the posturing of our heart. Right. I will never forget it. I just thought oh, that was so beautiful. And I'm yeah. so glad we
2: got to be there. Yeah, I am too. I was uh, grateful for your presence. And yeah, it was, it's funny because it was profound in the moment that whole day, that total offering of self. And mm-hmm. there's a point in the ceremony where um, the sisters literally lay face down on the ground and then prayers are prayed over us and we have a whole litany of the saints and we just everyone in the church is praying for us. And, um, that was one of the more profound moments, but, you know, it's been almost six months since mm-hmm. then. And just, it becomes more profound, you know, as I reflect on it and, um, realize really what the Lord sealed on that day, his promise to me. And yeah, it was beautiful. So I would have never thought, you know, in high school that I would be a Catholic nun yeah, I mean, who, who thinks like that? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I am so totally happy, and I be, truly believe and know this is what the Lord created for me. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a privilege to walk around in this world wearing polyester. Yes, <laughs> and being His witness. And um, yeah, I truly—it's the greatest privilege of my life and the greatest joy of my life. So. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's so fun to think back about us in growing up and going, who would have known where God was guiding us? We were talking about that before we started recording, but here you are a Catholic nun. Here I am a pastor. Like, whoa, we were saying yes to Jesus as seventh grade girls, like not going to parties and not, you know, dating bad boys or whatever. (laughs) And, and, but how God, like, Gave us the grace and taught us what it looked like to say yes then and to surround ourselves with like with supportive people that were that were on the journey to what it looked like to be in community. That because you know, Christianity I've heard this said Christianity is not a solo sport, you know, and following Jesus is not a solo sport. And so, we learned that in seventh grade, we learned how to rely on God's grace to say yes. So, now it's just cool to see how the spirit has helped us continue to say yes and where we are. what God will continue to do is just really fun. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So thinking back to our <laughs> growing up years, we'll, 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 we have to, you know, we have to process some silly moments and then we'll come back to some more serious things.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I oftentimes, when I think about the most embarrassing moment of my life, do you know what it is?
2: <laughs> uh, it involves you. It baseball (laughs) yes
0: oh my word okay I tell this in any time you're like sitting around in a circle of you know a small group or something like what's your most embarrassing moment I'm like oh I have one (laughs) okay so we'll have to tell the story together okay so I think we were juniors sophomores I think
2: that's right I would say juniors
0: I don't remember We got asked to sing the national anthem for the state baseball championship that was being held at our school already like (laughs) embarrassed right now. Okay. Yes, I know. So we practiced so hard. I mean, we had got that. We had the harmonies down and then we were were down to, I mean, we're good. Let's just be honest. (laughs) We had a great blend. We, yes, we were, we were fabulous. So, and yeah, we were the quintessential choir kids for sure. Nerds oh, yeah, we loved we loved us in choir. so anyhow, we had we had gotten that down all the harmonies and then down to like where we take breaths. And yes, we, and we and we I remember we thought, okay, we have to sing, oh, oh, say, can you see by the dawns early light and not take a no breath, breath. No breath. And yeah, yeah. so we we were like, we cannot take a breath until light. So
1: we're in the sign
2: of a true nerd
0: when you plan your breathing. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to pass the baton to you in a second though. So we get to the baseball stadium. It's like packed with people and, uh, we go into the press box and then we're given this microphone. Everyone is prepared. And now you get to
1: tell
2: the story. (laughs) This is on the fly. This is like digging deep in the depths. Okay. So there we are. We practiced. We, um, yeah, we're in the box. And I think it's also important to mention, like, we probably had crushes on half the baseball team. So right. we also wanted to like, look good for them. So we were like <laughs> extra. So, true. So, then, so then we're in there and we're nervous. And the announcer like announces, you know, who we are. And I can still picture like, you can see the foothills of, mm-hmm. you know, through the wind is beautiful. Yeah. So we begin, we're like ready to go. It's like, Oh, say, can you see? Then I don't think maybe we both did. We, we both breaths. Did. Huge we breaths. both breathes huge breaths. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, we're nervous and we start laughing. And in the microphone. Yes, both of at us. That's a state baseball tournament with like all of the best players in the state and like dads and their baseball sons. So then I think I kept going. I somehow like pulled it together. You did. And I was going. And then on you on just the kept dying. Yes. And <laughs> so you I'm like, it together. Yeah. Somehow in my heart, I was like, you've got to pull it together, girl. So I keep going. And then, like a few bars later, you jump in. And then I die. Yes. So then you yes. Singing. <laughs> you're singing. And then I die laughing. And then I think I come back in. Then we both laugh again. Yes. And then all of America's angriest dads start yelling from below. Yes. Like, this is America. Yes. <laughs> this is some bad words. I remember them yelling some bad words. And I don't and remember that. I must have blocked said. it out. <laughs> yeah. yes. and, and then I think we like laughed in and out through the rest of the na- the national anthem of the United States of America. Yes. Nobody cheered at the end. And we stayed up there till like three innings in out of like pure embarrassment and snuck out at the end.
0: We did. I remember we were so mortified and people thought we were being disrespectful, which yeah, yeah we probably were, but not because we meant to like, yeah. we were not America. trying to, yes, do that. right. We were not trying to be disrespectful toward America, but we, could we were
2: not like 17-year-old hormonal weirdo girls who just couldn't pull it together. Yeah.
0: Oh, my word. And I, we were so mortified. Like you said, at the end, we, I remember we like ducked down so yeah. no one could see us in the press box. And we like waited until the game was oh. full on going so that we could like barely, barely sneak out. Yeah. Worst so, day of my life. My worst. <laughs> it was very, it felt in the moment like the worst thing ever. And now That's
1: it's great really funny. funny.
0: Yes. <laughs> But I still remember somebody wrote about it in my yearbook at the end of senior year. Like that was their memory of, of me and of you. <laughs> it's good to be loved. <laughs> right. Oh, my word. So funny. But, you know, we just, Keep like you said, going. we realize it's not that big of a deal in the scheme of things.
2: <laughs> oh, my word. And it's kind of like the national like, anthem since then. I don't do that anymore. I retired after that. You never have since? The national anthem in public? No. Really? I thought not you because would have been of that singing all but of- like I just think
0: I haven't had the opportunity. I have figured I you'd be singing all over the world and Kansas is at your college and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you have been singing all over. Yeah, the world, I say, maybe not, not the national anthem. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess you know thinking about that whole story in the moment we wanted it to be so perfect and right. we felt like everything was down the tubes terrible because we had done this horrible right. rendition yeah. but in the scheme of things in life now here we are 30 almost 37 in a few weeks Woo! Woo! we're like that was not a big deal no. oh my goodness so I guess for anyone listening that is feeling like right now in this moment they feel like they've totally failed or there's something that's really not going their way or something has been really heartbreaking and it feels so heavy right now, what would you, what would your advice be to somebody like that, that is just feeling like everything is in shambles?
2: Yeah. Good question. I think perspective helps everything. Right. And I think, um, one benefit of getting older (laughs) and a beautiful part of my life is that I live with all, sisters of all ages and something I've learned, especially from some of the older sisters, you know, seventies and eighties, what I see in their way of living life and living hard moments like that, where mm-hmm. things feel like they've fallen apart. It doesn't mean that they're actually not hard because that's real. Right. And it means like your feelings are real. Right. So yeah, maybe you did really mess up and offend the United States of America <laughs> You know, but yeah. they have this perspective on the world that I think we can try to adopt even before we're 75 is the world is really big, you know, mm-hmm. and in, in the span of eternity and in the span of time, the world keeps turning around and this won't be hard forever. I think that's one thing that helps. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing hard lasts forever. Um, and I think it's also important to like look outside of self in that moment and to reach out to another so sometimes that just means like calling a friend you right. know and um and looking for some consolation or advice for someone who can just listen to you mm-hmm. um and yeah i think a huge thing is just remembering the perspective you know like yeah. in the grand scheme of my life like you know this won't be forever i can keep going
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know god is faithful the cross Happened. The crucifixion was one day, and the next day was the resurrection. You know, and we have that mm-hmm. example from the Lord. And you know, the sorrow will last for the night, but the joy comes in the morning. Right. Yeah. I think that's always helpful. It's hard in that moment, which I think the key thing is reaching out to somebody else. Yeah. Um, to help pull us out of those really dark moments. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, those are just some little things that yeah. I know help me. Personally. Yeah,
0: that's great. That's such good advice. Yeah. So knowing too that you are. In this vocation that is very uh visible, you know, even like you were saying, go into the grocery store. Or Definitely. I remember you told the story too of being home in Idaho one time and like you had a line of people at the parade wanting to take oh, yeah. a picture with you.
2: Yeah. I'm not
0: like a mascot, people. Okay. <laughs> right, right. So you're like so visible and you're this sign of uh being like a representative of the church and of Jesus. Right. And so do you ever feel like there's pressure that you carry um, to meet people's expectations in certain ways or to
2: to please people is is that hard for you sometimes or what is that like? I think there's definitely moments where I am more aware um, that I stick out <laughs> even in the grocery store, especially at the beginning of your religious life and you're out wearing your habit, we call it a habit, you know our veil and our dress. Um, and part of that early, stages and early years of our formation is to integrate the externals with the internal Mm -hmm. um in a sense we call an essential element of our life is what we wear on the outside of our body first it's for us to remind us who we are Mm -hmm. and then second it's for the world you know it's an outward sign of our inward consecration we talk about Mm -hmm. and the world we are visual people right so i studied philosophy for a little while and aristotle says all knowledge comes through the senses Mm -hmm. everything we know comes through our senses whether we see it or hear it or taste it or feel it and especially sight that's our most powerful our most powerful sense and so um yeah being a visible sign I mean people sometimes ask me do you wear that everywhere you go and I'm like everywhere I go people ain't got no other clothes you know
1: (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) um and I think at the beginning it's you notice the people looking at you and You're aware and it can be a little bit um, like, I don't know, insecure is not really the right word, but you're, you're kind of like, oh, I, I I'm weird. (laughs) You know, like I'm a weirdo, but you really, you get used to it in a certain way that I don't even really notice it now. I was with somebody recently and they're like, do you, do you just get used to people looking at you all the time? I'm like, actually, I guess so, because I don't even notice it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a pressure in constantly being visible, I would say there's, um, I would think of it more of as a responsibility, Yeah, you know, and a way of being. So I have made this choice in my freedom to live mm-hmm. this life. It was an invitation from our Lord. Right. And I knew full eyes open, going in the sacrifices and the demands that are required to someone who's giving their life in such a public way to right. Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so yeah, sometimes those demands and responsibilities are difficult, but I I said yes to those mm-hmm. in a really concrete way six months ago, especially.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I think we learn throughout our formation, you know, how to carry ourselves not in a way that's artificial, yeah, or um, or insincere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think every vocation, every profession has a set of responsibilities that are required of the person to live that. Right, right. You know, a a married woman and a married man have a certain way of being that's required to be faithful to their spouse. Right. And so too for me. And so I think as we learn to think of them more as sacred responsibilities, Mm -hmm. there's a way of carrying myself, a way of speaking, a way of treating others um, that is um, mine to carry. Mm -hmm. and, and becomes integrated so that it becomes who I really am. You know, we talk a lot about um, part of our charism or the way the Holy Spirit has called our sisters to live is to elevate situations of need, Mm -hmm. you know, and to really meet people in their poverty or in their ignorance or in their sickness Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and to try to elevate that situation for them. Um, So I wouldn't, I don't feel it as a pressure so much. Uh, I think seeing it in that, Kind of light through through those ways has helped me mm-hmm. really embrace it and to yeah. live it joyfully and right. to be grateful. Yeah, right.
0: Yes, because I do feel like you're so right. There is a fine line of difference between pressure and responsibility. And yeah. when we, I, I'm I'm just thinking about this as you said it. Like responsibility means we have been given by someone yeah. who trusts us. Right. Where pressure feels like we are being watched and, and like, maybe uh, people are ready for us to, to stumble or fail. But when we realize that that's not the way of God, like he's not in heaven, like, you know, looking down over his little spectacles and making a speaker ready for us to mess up. He's like, I trust you. I am equipping you. I'm empowering you. I'm with you. And you and I get to do this together, then that completely changes the way that we operate. And so right. I, I love that you said that because I think uh, when we can shift our mindset from whatever we're doing, whether it's in a uh, being being a parent or being a right. teacher or a doctor or uh, a pastor, whatever it may be, yeah. a student, if we see the pressure, then we feel like we're carrying it ourselves. But yeah. when we see responsibility, we know we've been entrusted by someone who we, by God, who we can trust.
2: I, yeah, yeah, I really love that. It makes me think too, when you were saying that, like the pressure or this um, feeling of being watched is like a slavery, whether we are enslaved to someone else from outside or we enslave ourselves. Sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves Yeah. versus this freedom of being a beloved child you know, mm-hmm. of a parent who a good parent gives their child responsibility so they can learn, yes. you know, how to function. And I right. think, um, yeah, it is a helpful distinction, those two things, because mm-hmm. we're meant to be free, you know, and to live in a joyful freedom. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where we can find our true happiness. So.
0: Yes, that's so good. Yes. So with all of that, has perfectionism or people pleasing, striving ever been something that you've struggled with? And If that has been the case, what have been some things that God has invited you to maybe rhythms or practices that you have utilized in your life that have helped you find freedom from that?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, when you first invited me to be a part of this podcast, and then just kind of, um, at first, I was like, I don't think I struggle with perfectionism. You know, I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of weird and crazy. And, you know, like, most people would be like, you care what people think about you um but the more <laughs> so i wouldn't put myself like in an extreme category yeah. of struggling with that but yeah. i do think that our culture is has been breeding for the past couple of generations um breeding this this perfectionism in in our in the society oh yeah you know there's a lot of pressure from the amount of social media and how much we see, and the maybe whether that's the perfect way of doing your hair or makeup or body type, yeah. to what does a successful person look like or a successful woman. Um, and I think all of us growing up in the past 30 years have been victims
1: mm-hmm. of
2: the culture in that way. And so, for sure, yeah. I think, especially even before it was a sister, just falling in that like patterns of thinking like mm-hmm. oh my hair isn't like it should be or it won't be curlier it won't be straight when I wanted to or yes what kind of eyeliner should I put on today you know like these kind of stupid things which can kind of consume you especially as a young person I think yeah um obviously I think one of the blessings of my life as a religious sister is those external things are removed mm-hmm. right so we don't wear yeah. makeup I don't really have much hair going on under this veil, <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear every day. Yeah. And there's a beautiful freedom in that. Mm-hmm. When I first entered, I was like, how am I going to live without mascara? You know, that was a <laughs> real question <laughs> in my heart, yes. but I don't think about it anymore, you yeah. know? And so one of the blessings of my personal vocation is God removed those external pressures. Yeah. But that means I got to work harder on the internal things, you know, mm-hmm. and the my soul and my spirit and my relationship with the Lord. So something really beautiful that we talk about a lot in our community and we try to communicate to those that we serve is um, the life of virtue mm-hmm. and the different virtues that we can work on to strengthen our areas of weakness in our soul. Yeah. And there's a beautiful... Um, you know, beautiful. If we look at scripture from the beginning, you know, God created Adam and Eve perfectly, right? So they were living, their person was in harmony with itself, right? Yeah, so we're made right. in the image of God. We have an intellect, we have a will, we have this soul, we have a heart that can choose and love and we can know. And then after the fall, all of that was disordered. And we have inherited that from our first parents, the sort of disordered right. way of being—and Right. And so our whole life is striving to get that back in order. Now, the problem comes when we try to do that on our own. Yes. But we know that Jesus Christ came to redeem us mm-hmm. and to bring grace, which is the only way that that can become reordered. Mm-hmm. And so we talk especially about the four cardinal virtues, right? So the four main virtues of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Mm -hmm. And what's so beautiful is that the way God made our being, our intellect, our will, our hearts, you know, our our bodies, one of those virtues kind of aligns with each of those parts. So we talk a lot about, Mm -hmm. we actually talk a lot about the pursuit of perfection, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. because it's not the perfectionism of the world exactly but it's the perfection of love of charity in jesus christ and so you know prudence is the virtue that helps strengthen our intellect so we can choose rightly and know well Mm -hmm. you know justice strengthens our our will you know the hearts that we can give to god and others what is do them and we we Mm -hmm. study these virtues kind of pretty intensely um just uh fortitude right so doing what is hard and enduring what is difficult and temperance. So moderating the things of the flesh body and soul. Um, And so for us, that's something that has been really helpful in my own life. Not only has it helped me understand who I am and how I've made and why I struggle in certain ways, Mm -hmm. but it then also gives me a remedy for those areas of woundedness. Mm -hmm. And I can say like, okay, look, I, I'm not sleeping great. I think I'm anxious about something. I need a little more sleep. So I'm going to call on that virtue of temperance and ask the Lord to increase that in me so that I can choose, you know, temperately to say no to this and yes, to a little more rest yeah, or whatever that might be in life. And so for me, the virtues are a huge help because as I said, it's this, this remedy that the Lord can infuse into our soul Mm -hmm. and strengthen us, you know, in order to, to order who we are and Mm -hmm. the fruit of order is peace. You know, and when yeah. things are in order, it brings great peace to us. So that's one thing that's been really helpful and that I've really learned in the past several years um, that's really aided me in my pursuit of perfection and charity. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Those, that's so good.
0: And I love too that you mentioned the the Christian perfection because yeah, we are, yes, with this podcast, ditching perfection, we're ditching self-sufficiency and yeah. trying to be perfect in in and of ourselves. But, you know, in, in like our, in our holiness denomination in the church of Nazarene, we talk all the time about sanctification and Christian perfection. And it's really cool for me to think about when Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect or as my father's perfect. He, that word actually means complete. Yeah. And I love that because that goes to what you were saying with being Ordered and it, yeah. we cannot be complete in and of ourselves, but God is inviting us to completeness and wholeness that we right. can't do on our own. And I read this article a while back. You and I are both piano players, so we I, I like this one about <laughs> how like if a, a little a little girl first grade goes to her piano lesson and is playing the piano and plays Mary had a little lamb and her and her teacher says, Oh, that's perfect. Then you know, it is in the moment, but as, as that little girl keeps growing and learning and maturing and continuing in her piano practice, if she sat down and played as a senior at her senior recital, played Mary had a little lamb, her teacher would no longer say perfect, even if she was, (laughs) had done it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, because that would not be perfect or complete as she should be in that moment. And so I love that, that God is inviting us to keep growing and relying on, on God and not choosing that self-sufficiency side, but allowing for him to grow us and shape us to be more like Jesus so that we are a more complete whole person. And that is God's definition of perfect, perfect and perfection rather than the world that is like, yeah, yeah. Make sure that your eyeliner is right. And your hair's right. And that you make the perfect grades or that you get that promotion. That yeah. looks so different than the completeness, the wholeness that Jesus is inviting us to. Yeah. And equipping us to to experience because right. of the
2: spirit's work in our lives.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. it's beautiful. And I was um what you were saying reminded me too of a conversation I was recently having with another sister about perfectionism and this topic and and um we were saying like, sometimes these things that we struggle with, this kind of like worldly perfectionism, there can be a ten or whatever our greatest struggle is. Mm -hmm. There can be this um, temptation to ask God to remove that, right? Mm -hmm. So to remove that from my life. And that seems like a really beautiful way to pray. And like an, like, if you just took that out, if you just took away that temptation from me, it would be better. But I think we were speaking it in our conversation, beautifully, the Lord helped us to see that often he doesn't, remove what seems to be our biggest weakness Mm -hmm. but he kind of refines that Mm -hmm. and I think and he redeems that and then uses it and it can become a great strength and so I think Ah. we were talking about perfectionism and I thought you know what the world actually needs more people who are committed to striving for excellence Mm -hmm. who can see like often people who are um, drawn to perfectionism it's, it's out of a desire for like truth and beauty and, and real wholeness. It's a distortion.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's kind of a distorted way of doing that. But if you let the Lord, you know, transform that by his grace, Mm -hmm. what a powerful person, you know, a person who's striving and sees what is, what is possible and has the energy to pursue that and take others with her. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think really, to me, this podcast is a fruit of the Lord doing that in your own life. Right. Right. So he has given you this incredible mind and heart and Mm -hmm. for truth and goodness and beauty and the energy to pursue that. And now he's like redeemed that Mm
1: -hmm. and is
2: helping others along the way. So I think I think for me, it's a witness of what he can do and changes the way I pray in my own weaknesses. Like, okay, Lord, maybe don't take this away unless you really want to, which would be great. But yeah. if you're going to leave it here, then do what you would do well and redeem this and then use it to glorify you in a way that I never could by yes. myself. Oh,
0: I love that. Yes, because I do feel like for myself and for those of us that, that struggle with perfectionism, I have been going, okay, Lord, my desire for excellence is not bad. Right, It can easily get distorted to this like unhealthy perfectionism, but help me know that it's okay to desire excellence and good and justice and uprightness and health and wholeness. Like that's good. So help me then rely on you for that excellence, knowing that my own ego is not wrapped up in the results. You know, I think that I was thinking about this the other day. I was processing what's the difference between excellence and like unhealthy perfectionism yeah and i think unhealthy perfectionism is like our identity being wrapped up in yeah. the results and feeling like the pressure once again the pressure is on right. us it's like that slave enslavement yeah whereas excellence goes i'm going to do my best i'm trusting god is equipping me and my identity and my worth and my value are not wrapped up in the results or what people may think about this i right. think that is a huge distinguisher that I'm still working on trying to like, yeah, and like really to easy me. to say,
2: but hard to live You
1: know, you know? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But I
0: do think that that, that helped me think through it too. Then I love what you said and I'm going to utilize that to go, okay, God, don't, don't take this away, refine it so that it yeah. is healthy and it is complete yeah. Um, yeah. as I'm intended to be in the moment um, rather than yeah, this unhealthy toxic thing that just makes you feel self-defeated all the time yeah I think
2: of Saint Paul right so Saul was this like great persecutor of the Christians he no one knew the law better than he you know and then the Lord knocked that little fell off his horse and became the greatest apostle you know and I think I think he is such a powerful example and the Lord wants to do that in us oh my goodness my friends don't you
0: just love her she is so much fun. <laughs> I'm sure that some of you are thinking, oh, I just wish I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with her at Starbucks. And I'm going, I know, I know. She's awesome. She is great. So if this particular podcast was meaningful to you, write a comment on Instagram and I will make sure to get it to her. She doesn't have Instagram, but I will make sure that she knows just how impactful this particular episode has been uh, to you. So so put in a comment and let her know. But before we go today, I want to just leave you with some key takeaways. Number one, sometimes we have to let go of something good to receive something better. Number two, keep everything in perspective. This current moment does not have to define the trajectory of your future. Number three, elevate situations of need. Number four, pressure sends the message, I'm waiting for you to mess up. But responsibility says you are trusted. Number five, we are not slaves. We are beloved children. Number six, the fruit of order
1: is peace.
0: And lastly, God's definition of being perfect is being complete. And with that, I want to also leave you with our prayer prompts for today. Number One, like we just said in the takeaways, God, help me let go of what is good so I can receive something better. What are you holding on to? What are you trying to control what what are you clinging to for comfort and for maybe even for courage that God is inviting you to let go of so that He can give you something better and this isn't a prosperity gospel kind of thing. this is not you know tangible things this is knowing that when we let go and fully depend upon God, that we'll be living abundantly. So once again, that question is, God, help me let go of what is good so I can receive something better. Number two, how are you empowering me to elevate situations of need? And number three, God, Don't remove my weakness, but refine it. Oh, I loved when sister said that. I know that I'm going to be asking God to refine my weaknesses instead of pluck it away. That is such a helpful shift for me. So I hope it's helpful for you. So once again, God, don't remove my weakness, but refine it. Well, with that said, I am so excited to dive in with you again next week for part 2 of the conversation with sister maria juan. She is going to be back next week with more wisdom, with more encouragement and yes, another hilarious facepalm moment story of hers that just happened to her recently that literally had me crying when she was sharing it. So, I can't wait to journey with you again next week. Hit that subscribe button if this has been an encouraging, helpful conversation for you because I believe that as we continue to journey together, we will continue to grow and ditch perfection even more. So hit the subscribe button, join us on the journey, share with friends who may find this helpful as well, and we will see you next week.